You know, right now we're doing a series called Faith Defined. All right, is that it? Oh, Defining Faith. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> defining Faith. I should have studied my sermon this morning. But, you know, last week we talked about the, probably the most important thing that you need to know about faith, and it's the object of faith. Your, your faith has to be in God. You can't have faith in faith. You can't have faith in yourself. And you can't have faith in something. Your faith needs to be in someone who is God. Amen? And, and when your faith is in God, you, you, you will not be disappointed. You may not understand everything, but you won't be disappointed. When you put your faith in something, you will be disappointed many, many times. Uh, you know, the, the Bible says that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But, but I'm going to show you today that when God says something, it's going to happen, whether it happens in a way that we can understand or know, but it's going to happen. And I believe that. And so last week was the object of faith. Today we're going to talk about the odyssey of faith. Now, what do we know about an odyssey? It's a journey, right? But it's a journey that has trials and troubles and, and circumstances in it. It's not just an easy trip. It's a trip. This is a trip, dude. You know what I mean? It's a trip. It's a journey. I mean, when we, when we look at Homer's odyssey, you know, the old Greek story, them dudes went through a lot of crazy stuff. And, uh, and, and, and the, the, bat, the dark side, it just had too much power, amen? But we live, in a, we live in a, under a story and a truth that God is more powerful than the enemy, amen? We don't have to worry about sirens and three-headed dragons and, and all this Medusa and all that. I've seen some people that I thought was Medusa, but I just prayed a prayer and they went away and thank Jesus for it. But, you know, but we, we, we can be connected to a power and... And, uh, you know, God is the source, not us. It's all about being connected to, having faith in, walking with God. And, and so faith is an odyssey. It's a journey. And uh, so I want you to go to uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18 is, is where we're going to kind of focus on the story there. But uh, I've got several scriptures that I want to share with you, but the first one being is this. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him, being God, okay? And we know that. Without, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you know what? It's, it, I, think it's, I think it means two different things as far as, you know, God's not pleased and we don't have faith in Him. But I think we need to understand it's, it's, just, like, uh, it's just like having kids. It, 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 it breaks your heart when they don't trust you, when they don't listen to you, because... Your intention for them is to is good, you know. You want the good things for them, and and we and you know. I talked about the other day about we don't want our kids learning from experience because that could lead to death. You know, when we tell our kids, "Hey, I want you to stay out of the road because it's dangerous," we don't want them to learn by experience if what we're telling them is true. We want them to trust in us, have faith in what we're saying, so that they may live. And that's what God wants us to do is he wants us to trust him for our good and for our benefit. He doesn't want us to, to, to try it in the way of, well, I'm going to go do the opposite and see if what you're saying is true. No, he wants us to trust him. You see, when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the, of, of the, the knowledge of good and evil, unto then, they didn't know good and evil. They just knew what God said. That's the way God intended it to be. That's the way God intends it to be now. And the problem is, when we read the Word, we have knowledge that God didn't intend for us to have in the first place, so we have to learn to trust Him and not our knowledge. You know, amen? I mean, we've got to learn, okay? You know, so we, we, 
we've got an, an, uh, an obstacle here that we need to learn to work around and say, okay, I've got to trust God. I can't rely on my own understanding, on my own knowledge because we're talking about God here. But it says, and without faith it is impossible to please Him for whoever would draw near to God, that's the key thing there, drawing near to God, must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who what? Seek Him. Seek Him. And seeking is an ongoing thing. He didn't say find him. He said seek him. It's an ongoing, you know, we do find him when we seek him, right? But, I mean, how many of you needed to find God more than once? I mean, there's a content. There's always something we need God for. And, and so we, we need to get in this mentality of continuously seeking God. And so faith is about the journey, not the destination. That's, that's the thing I want to tell you. The, the odyssey of faith is this, is that, that it's a journey. God is more concerned about the journey of, that you go with him in life than he is about you getting to a certain destination. Because that journey tells where you are in relation with him. That journey tells how much trust you have in him. That journey builds credibility between us and God in our walk and in our relationship. Um, and so today I want to talk to you about Elijah. How many of you know about Elijah? You know, Elijah was a great prophet. I mean, he, so many people want to be like Elijah, right? Because he was so powerful. And, uh, but but what, we, what we realize is when we start reading scriptures, is that Elijah was a man just like us. And Elijah, one day, Elijah steps toe-to-toe with 850 prophets, 450 prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Ashtaroth. And he defeats them by displaying the power of God, showing the whole nation that this God is real, that God is fake. And he does it in the craziest ways, right? You know, the, the two sacrifices. And, and he even makes fun of the other, the other guys by saying, maybe, you're, maybe your God is asleep. Maybe he's relieving himself. You know, maybe, he's just too, maybe he can't hear you. And that's really the truth because the Bible says that there is one God. And that, and that any other God that man can make is deaf, dumb, and stupid and can't do anything for you. And, and so we see this going on. And... Um, but in that period of time, there was a drought going on. And so when Elijah goes to do his sacrifice, he actually douses it with water. He actually douses it with lots of water. And it took sacrifice and faith of those people to take what they had left to dump on the, the sacrifice, you know, the wood and the, 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 the animals that were on it. Uh, it. It really took a sacrifice. It took a step, right, of faith to say, okay, God, we... We're giving you what we're really making a big sacrifice here. It hadn't rained in three years at this point. And, and we're taking the water that we have saved and putting it on the sacrifice. And, and this wet, big pile of wood and animal, God consumed it with fire and manifested himself to the people. And you're thinking, man, this Elijah, he's a pretty studly dude. And then the next thing you know is he's hiding from one woman named Jezebel because he's afraid. And so, but the thing is, is he is, he is, he's, he is, he's a man with a nature like ours. James 5, 17 through 18 says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. And so James is saying, hey, Elijah's no more special than you. Elijah had to rely on the power of God. And the, the focus here is more so prayer, but how do we exercise our prayer, our faith walk with God? We connect with Him through prayer. We seek Him. We walk with Him. We talk to Him. 
we have a relationship with him, and that relationship is what the journey is about. Uh, so I want to share with you three things today that, that kind of go through this odyssey of faith, and I want to encourage you today. I'm going to tell you what, studying faith has done what for me? Built my faith. You know, and I'm encouraged, and, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I, last night I was reading all these scriptures of faith, and I was thinking about where I've come from, where I've been, where I am, and where I'm going. I think about us, you know, buying this land and, and how, man, there's going to be a building there one day. And it's going to be full of people. And, uh, and there's going to be concrete everywhere to park, man. It's going to be nice. There's not going to be any mud holes. And, and, you know, and I listened to several preachers this week talk about, you know, when they started out. They started in a school, you know, in a cafeteria with, with food all over the floor. Or they started off in, you know, like uh, movie theaters where there was popcorn and gum and coke. You know what I mean? Just these, this, this. This, this, this meager beginnings that has turned into such a great thing. And, and, and I believe this, you know, there were people who have stuck it out with us to now in this church, and there's going to be some of you that are going to stick it out with us until we see a greater revelation of God's vision for this church. And this just isn't something that I decided I wanted to do. This is something that God's put on my heart, the elder's heart, and I know he's put it on some of your hearts of, of, of a future for this place. Amen? And it's, it has nothing to do with our glory. Amen. We're all, we're all going to fade into the dust. But we want God to be a God that is worshipped and praised. No matter what's going on in this world, we want a God who is going to be good and people have a place to run to in their time of need. Amen. And we got to show people, you know, if it wasn't for the circumstances around us, why do we need to show people who God is? Why do we need to show people who we rely on when things get tough? When we're going through this odyssey and our ships crack and we get a little water in our boats and we, we, run, us, we run into an island or whatever, you know, say, so, hey, we still have a God who loves us and has a plan for our lives. Amen? But the first thing I want to show you is this, is that faith begins with a word from God. Not your word, not your friend's word, but it begins with a word from God. That's how faith begins. Faith begins with the word from God. That's where it starts. He is the source. You know, we have the Logos word. We have this word right here. This is the written word of God. And there's also the rhema, the, the, the word of God to someone. You know, so like Shelly, I mean, she said Chad had a word that he believed was from God. And you know what? We have to grow in that. You know, I've, I've misheard God sometimes, you know. But I'll tell you this. When you get a word from God, it will always agree with the word from the Logos word. It will never contradict it. It will never go against it. God's not going to tell you, hey, you know, uh, I want you to sin, you know, to do what you got to do. No, God's not going to uh, lead you to do things that contradict his nature or his thoughts or his wisdom or his word. But, you know, we, we need the word of God. And you know what? And we're, we're a spirit-filled church. We believe in the prophetic. And uh, we believe that God speaks to people. Uh, to encourage people. And, and I believe this. I don't think God, I don't really believe that God will give somebody a word to give to you that just totally has nothing to do with what God's been speaking to you already about. I believe that the prophetic is for encouragement, for building up, but it's for confirmation. You know, if, you know so we have to, and the Bible says that we're to judge the prophetic. We're to judge it. It says, let the prophets judge what was said. You know what I mean? So uh, I've seen some bogus words given. You know, I've seen... Uh, People that can't sing, you know, be told, hey, you're going to be the next, you know, worship leader. And I'm like, whoa, you missed that one, Bubba. You haven't heard this person <laughs> sing yet. Uh, you know, or just, you know, that's just some of the things, you know. But, 
so we need to, you know, well, first off, uh, if you're not hearing from God and walking with God, uh, you just can't rely on what other people are hearing. I mean, don't just walk up to me and say, hey, this is what God told me to tell you to do. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm going to judge that. I'm going to pray about it. And, and, and I'm not going to discard it. I, I mean, I, I, I don't discard anything that somebody says the Lord put on their heart. But, but we need to make sure that is this what God really said? Does it line up with his word? Does he get the glory? Does it accomplish his will? And so, so faith begins with a word from God. In, in 1 Kings 17.1, and it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Now, God had told him to give this word, but God had said, you know, this, God gave him the authority to say, It's not going to rain by your word. But as we see, his word didn't, Become a word until God gave him the authority to say, okay, hey, Elijah, I want you to start praying for it to rain, all right? So God gives Elijah a word that, hey, there's going to be a drought, and, and you're going to be the connection between me and the kingdom. You're going to be the messenger. You're going to be the prophet. I want you to set this up and see it through, all right? And so uh, Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, right? So faith comes from hearing a word. It comes from the word. Uh, be, you know, we do not, our goal in life is not to get God to line up with our words, as some are teaching. Our goal in life is for us to line up with God's word. Amen. We're trying to partner with him. He has the power. He has the vision. He has the know-how. He has the wisdom. I mean, he is the source. He is all that we need. We're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to line up with God. We're not trying to get God to line up with us. I thank God that God hasn't lined up with everything that I thought, felt, or wanted in life. But you know what? The Bible does say that God will give you the desires of your heart. But, it, but there's a lot, there's many scriptures you've got to read. You've got to read the entire word so that you know what's going on. Uh, but God says this. It's about his will. He has to be the object. And you know what? That's something that my family has done. And because of that, I see us now, you know, some dreams that I've had, God has made those dreams come to pass in ways better and greater than I could have even imagined. You know, I, used to, I, wanted, to, I wanted to be able to hunt in my backyard and fish in my yard. You know, and, and, uh, and, and that's what I'm doing now. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're living on a place. But it's not, it's not the way I wanted it eventually because that would, not, that would have not been ideal. I would have not liked the place because it would have been too big of a thing for me to take care of. So also in Isaiah 55, 11, it says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. And this is God saying, So shall the word that comes out of my mouth be. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I send it. So God is saying, when I say a word, you know, not some slick TV evangelist, not, not your friend who's squarely spiritual, but when I say a word, you can count on it. God, not me, Chad West, but when God, when God says a word, you can count on it. And, and you better hang on to that sucker like, like a bull if need be because God says this is going to come to pass. And you can hang on it. You can bet assured that it's going uh, to happen. And so faith begins with a word from God. Secondly, faith continues when you hold on to what God said. Someone the other day told me that they were told by someone that 
You're only supposed to pray for things one time because if you have enough faith, then, you know, if you have, if you have to pray twice, you didn't have faith. Where in the heck is that in Scripture? Paul says pray without ceasing. And I'm fixing to give you an example of the man that everybody wants to be like praying more than one time. You know, Elijah, he prayed more than one time. He's praying and praying, you know, so that, that is, that's absurd. We need to put that out there with all the supremacist people. That's just foolishness, you know. That's, that's not something that, you know, we should even consider. So, faith continues when you hold on to what God said. What God said. What God said. Because who's got to be the object? God. Who's got to be the source? God. Um, so, go to 1 Kings 18. 43. <clears throat> so, you know, this is the three years later. Uh, and this is after the big, you know, the big contest with all the... the the Astaroth priest and the, you know, the, the, the priest of Baal and, and Elijah is victorious there. And he's already, actually, he's already, he's already ran away from Jezebel and hid for a little bit. And God says, hey, it's time to make it rain. Amen? Y'all like that, right? It's time to make it rain. Right? When we say make it rain, we think of rappers with money. But hey, hey, whatever kind of rain, let it rain, you know. Like, hey, drop some dollars my way, Jesus. And so this is, this is Elijah. It says, 1 Kings 18, 43, 44. It says, And he said to his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And at the seventh time he said, Behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. Now, so what happened here is God tells Elijah, hey, pray that it rains. Well, I mean, so God's, God's telling Elijah to pray to him so that it would rain. Well, why don't you just make it rain? You know? Well, God, why don't you just make it rain? Because God wanted to partner with Elijah. God wanted Elijah to trust him. And God wanted to use Elijah as a tool. You see, you see, God wants to cut down trees. He's the lumberjack and we're the axe. Amen. He wants to use us uh, to do his work uh, so that he can be glorified. And that, and that people can see us saying, hey, I trust God. You know, you, you should and could too. And, and so he tells him, go and pray that it rains. It's time to rain. And so Elijah goes up on, on Mount Carmel, I think it was, or... Hormel or whatever, you know, Hormel makes uh, ham, I think, like that. Hormel hams, maybe that's where, it, maybe they're Jewish hams. They're uh, kosher. So, I don't know where that came from. I didn't even have a Red Bull this morning, man. I, I'm drinking life water, and I'm still crazy. So, so, uh, so he's on the mountain, and he brings his servant, right? And so, here's what he does. He tells the servant, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kneel down, and I'm going to pray. And he tells his servant, you stay over there, and you tell me what you see. Dear Father, please make it rain. What do you see? Nothing. Okay. Dear Father, please make it rain. What do you see? Nothing. Okay. Dear Father, seven times. What if he would have just prayed one time? You know, Jesus told the, the, the guys with the, the leprosy, he told the man with the leprosy, go dip seven times. Go dip seven times. What we would do is we'd go dip one time and say, I have fully obeyed Jesus. Just like Saul did. You know, Saul would have to do what God told him to do. And then he'd say, I've, I've fully obeyed God. 
That's what we do. I've totally done what you've told me to do. I've seen that in many a meeting. I've completely did what the Bible said to do. No, you haven't. And so, but, but God, but so, so, and, and the deal was Elijah wasn't told to pray seven times. He was just told to pray. For how long? Until God does what he said he's going to do. And, and so, so there's Elijah. He keeps getting down and he keeps praying. And uh, I don't know if you like this or not, but God loves it when you're in the praying position. Because your focus, your affections, your attention are undistracted from his goodness and his provision and his power and his authority in your life. You're, you're really being pretty good, right? You're less likely to be doing, being your bad self, you know, be feeding the bad dog, you know, the black dog. But you're, you're really focused. I mean, you're, 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 you're persistent in, in what God wants you to be persistent in. And, and so finally, the, 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 la- the seventh time, that he says, what do you see? And the servant says, well, I got good news and bad news. There's a, there's a cloud, but it's little like a man's hand. And, 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 and Elijah didn't go, oh, well, God, this is all you're going to do? He said, that's enough. Go tell Ahab to get in his chariot and get his butt to Je- Jezreel before it floods or before it gets rained too hard. Amen? And so he says, tell him, that's all I need. I have seen God begin to do what he said he was going to do. Amen? So now it's time to accept God's doing what he said he was going to do, and it's time to act accordingly, whatever that may be in your life. Uh, Galatians 6, 9, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Don't give up. Man, I heard heard something else. This is a bonus last night about so many of the scriptures. You know, here's the thing. God says Jesus is is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Amen? If you belong to Jesus, the Bible says you can't be snatched out of his hands. But, but the Bible, God does use us as the axe in doing his will. If you belong to the Father, you're his. And, and God uses us for each other to encourage one another. And it says if you see your brother in sin, it says gently restore him. Uh, you know, God uses us to, to do, to be a part of the sanctifying that he's doing in our lives. You see, if I'm saved, I am justified. Amen? That means when I die, or if Jesus comes back, uh, I'm going to be in the kingdom of heaven. My name is written down in glory right now. It's a done thing. And right now, God is trying to sanctify this flesh part of Chad that's left. You know? And so, and then, but one day the Bible says that when we go to heaven, we will be completely glorified. Amen? So my, my status as a Christian is complete. God is still working on me, but one day I will be completely done in each and every way. Amen? And, and God uses us to encourage one another and to, in, in the sanctification, sanctification, sanctification process, He uses us to be there for one another. And so we need to boldly do what God, we need to have faith in what God has called us to do as His people and encouraging one another and admonishing one another. And, and, uh, and sweetly rebuking one another if need be. Amen? Whatever we got to do to help one another continue in the faith and not quit. So, the third thing I want to tell you is this, is that faith goes from a small beginning to a grand finale. A small beginning to a grand finale. I mean, that story that, that Shelley told was so awesome because Chad got this small 
word from God that says, hey, I want you to be a cop. Man, he put it on his heart, right? And you know what? He held on to it for, for years and, 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 and sacrificed for it and, and cherished it and sought it and, and did everything he knew to do, even when he kept hearing no, right? I mean, Elijah, he, he didn't hit. God didn't answer the first six times, but on the seventh time, he said, bam, here's, it's not, well, actually, it was just a little cloud, right? But it's the start of what God said he was going to do. And, and so, uh, but, but that, we see that here. Uh, faith goes from a small beginning to a grand finale. In 1 Kings 18, going on to the next two verses in 45, it says, in a little while, the heavens grew black. So what started out as a little cloud the size of a man's hand it said, in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. But listen, so, so God did what he said he was going to do, but he even topped it, because it, this is what Elijah did. He said, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, all right? And he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, I, I think it... It says it different than the King James, but basically what it's saying here is that uh, Ahab is on a chariot, you know, most likely two horses, and he's going pretty fast trying to stay ahead of this storm. But it says that Elijah, you know, they, they used to wear like man dresses back then, right, like moo-moos and stuff. So they, he, would, he took his, you know, and, and even the warriors, when they get prepared to fight, they would take the excess of their garment and they would stuff it in their belts, right, so that they, could, they were maneuverable, right, so that they could stab somebody properly, right, without tripping. <laughs> And so, and so we, we see Elijah gets in the running, gets his PT clothes on, right? His physical training clothes on. And he outruns the chariot to Jezreel. Man, that's crazy. He outran two horses. You know, and so we see that, we see that what started out as a small beginning, the, the Lord turned it into a big finale, a grand finale. And, and when you talk to people, I mean, it happens all the time. Two things that when you talk to people that, that, that went through an odyssey of faith with God, you always hear this. It wasn't overnight, and he did more than I expected. How many times do you hear that? Wow. I, wouldn't, I didn't see that coming. You know, there's always, some, there's always some grander finale than what was expected at the beginning when they just had the word from God to do this or to wait for that. You know, I mean, how many times have you heard that? You know, it's true. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, judge, we don't uh, interpret the word by experiences, but when experiences line up with the word, you're like, yeah, you can't argue with that. And that's happened so many times in my life and the people around me. God takes small uh, beginnings to great finales. Amen? And um, I want you to listen to this, Zechari- Zechariah 4.10. Now, this is the New Living Translation. And, and man, I just I love the way it says it. You know, there, you know there's multiple translations of the Bible. And uh, not, not, some are not, I wouldn't just suggest, but for the most part, a lot of them are good. They're, they're translations, right? Uh, you know, I mean, they, think about how many versions of the Bible there are in the world for all the different languages, you know? I mean, that's a, that's a feat. But, uh, but the New Living Translation says this in Zechariah 4.10, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Don't despise small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I mean, how I many, man, I, I, dude, I think about, man, I, I think about, you know, where I was yesterday. 
And I was going to say this. Yesterday I was drunk in Thailand, and today I'm preaching from the pulpit. Well, not actually yesterday, like more like 20 years ago, okay? So, I mean, that may not be a good example. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I went from, a, I went from a, a wild, drunk young man, you know, that was just all over the place. And, and to now I'm, I'm, I'm preaching God's word. I'm a pastor, man. I mean, I, I'm like, good grief. God, are you sure about this? And, and you know, but, and, and all, the, all the doubts and all the worries and all the lack of, God has provided and got us to hear. We're actually growing. We're moving forward. We are being fruitful in this ministry. Amen? And, 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 I, and you know what? I'm just as excited about each and every one of you because if I can convince you that God is the object and the source of faith, then, then you can go forward and do what God wants you to do. Breaks my heart that some of you may deny that opportunity, but you know what? I'm here, I'm here in faith that some of you will respond to the faith that God wants to put into your life. You know that God even gave his son in faith? God gave his son's life so that some of us would believe in him. But here's the thing, God got nothing dawns on God. God knows everything. So God, God knew that some people would deny, but he knew that some would receive. He knew that some would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's some of you that have never been born again. There's some of you that have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You have never began the odyssey of faith. Because the beginning of faith is the beginning of the gospel. All have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. No one comes to the Father who is the object of faith except through Jesus Christ. I mean, God even, God, God gave his son in faith. You see? Trusting that, you know what, through this, someone's, some people are going to believe. But you see, we like the grand finale. Who likes the grand finale? I love the grand finale. I like the manna from the sky and the quail falling out of the clouds. I like the end of the journey. Hey, if you've never been on a, how many devil dogs I got here that have been on a Marine Corps hunt with a pack on? Jim, I guess the other, some of the other ones, yeah, Jesse. Um, dude, I remember going on like my first three-mile hump, you know, with a ruck on. And they take you to the beach when you're in boot camp. And I think, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And we went from a three to a five to a seven to a 15 to a 21 to a 32. And by the time I was doing 32-mile humps, we're doing them all night long, I'm smoking a cigarette and telling jokes like nothing's going on. You know, like, hey, dude, you got, a, you got a light? And I remember what was so hard and arduous at one time, thinking, I'm going to die, just became part of life. Did it still hurt? Heck yeah. I'm, I, think God gave me, I think God gave me hooves because I got little bitty seven-and-a-half-inch feet. But, man, I just... What what you learn about what you learn about about ruck marching is this is that stopping is really the most painful part of it. Amen. You learn that let's don't stop because it's gonna hurt. When I stop, I'm gonna sit down, the blood's gonna get back into my feet, my feet are gonna swell up, and it's gonna be hard to start again. And then when you do it like in the winter on a cold march, oh, you know, so you realize, hey, it actually feels better just to keep going. Just to keep going. Don't stop. That's where the pain begins. And so, you know, but I, I, just, I just saw how they taught us. They took us from little bitty odysseys to big ones that, that were like, this ain't no big 
Phil. You know, I can do this. I've been trained for this. Now, the Bible says that, that, a, that a soldier isn't about, the soldier's about his master's business, whoever's in command of him. I just totally botched that scripture up. But the scripture says that, that a soldier is not, he doesn't care about politics and he doesn't care about worldly stuff. He's there to serve who's in charge of him. And we are, we are soldiers, amen, in the army of God. Um, so do, do not despise these small beginnings, but, but we love the finale. We want the finale. We like the finale. We don't like waiting. But you see, here's the deal. God, here's the thing. God likes the process. God loves the process. We like the finale. God likes the process. God likes the journey. We like the end of the trip. And the reason being is this, because God knows we are close when we are bowed in prayer versus outrunning chariots. That's when he has our attention. I mean, I'm, you can think of a million examples of movies to where somebody does something, but somebody else gets the credit. Or, you know, somebody sacrificed for somebody, and then at the end, they're like totally forgotten about. And they're the ones, they're the very reason why it happened. And God's like, don't, don't forget me. You know? I mean, God, God wants to do things in your life. God's going to do his will with or without you. God just wants you to be a part of this journey. God does want to bless you, but not at the expense of the relationship with him. God's more concerned about the relationship. So that's why, that's why today parents are not so good because we're, we're more worried about blessing our kids than the relationship. We compromise the relationship by not doing what's right. And, and you know, and we just, we just bless, bless, bless. I mean, we would not be good as God. We just wouldn't. We'd fail miserably. That's why as a parent we need God. That's why in, in a marriage you need God. That's why, you know, in finances you need God. It's a journey. God doesn't send, you know, like I said, you don't get saved and God, God gives you a transcript of the everyday of your life from there on out. God doesn't, God doesn't give you a heavenly uh, bank account, you know, with an ATM card. Well, he does, but not in the way we think of. I mean, you know, uh, we, yeah, we, we, still, we still trust in him day by day to provide for us and to lead us and to guide us. But if he just gave all the answers up front, we wouldn't be seeking him. God wants us to seek him. God is in the process. Romans 2, 7, 8 says this. To those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. So how do, how do, what do we do? We, by patience in well-doing, what do he ask of us? We seek for glory and honor and mortality. We're, we're seeking his will. And we're doing it how? Patiently. 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 Man, God gives us a word, and if it ain't happening the next day, uh, we get so down and discouraged. And the, what Satan wants you to do, Satan wants you to be unhappy during your journey, but God says, man, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the trip. Trust me. I think of all the times that because I'm an analyzer, I'm, I'm an analytical person, man. I think of all the times in life where I didn't enjoy when I could have enjoyed. Quit laughing at me, William. I will throw my keys at you. 
I don't need you justifying what I just said. I know what I said is true. So, 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 you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking all the times that I didn't enjoy about life because I was worried about what God hadn't done yet when I know he's going to do it. Amen? Amen. And, and so, I'm like, I just, just be patient. Be patient. Trust God. Because God is more concerned about what is happening to you and through you than what's happening outside of that. God's wanting to relate with you. God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants, God wants you to trust Him no matter what. No matter what. It's, it's about God's Word, not mine. And, and we don't say, well, I trust God as long as He's doing what I think you are to do. It's, no, I trust you, God, no matter what. My faith is in you. But then it goes on in verse 8, it says, But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, in other words, the gospel, the word of God, have put their faith in God. They don't obey the truth because they don't believe in the truth. You see, when we get a word from God, you have to obey it. I'm probably going to talk about that more so next week. But we have to obey the word that God gives us. And that justifies if we have the faith or not to believe God. And, and so, but those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, in other words, they don't have faith in God, they don't trust God, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. He's talking about here, he's talking about saved people and lost people. He's talking about saved, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Arab. He's talking about all the saved people for every uh, nation and tribe and culture that we've talked about before, church. And, and, and he talks, and, and he says, and then all these same people are going to be part of this lost group, too, that have wrath and purity stored up for them. And, and so it ain't about black or white or Hispanic. It's about the righteous and unrighteous. And the righteous isn't because of them. It's because of the righteousness of God imputed to them by faith. You know, salvation is the way, I mean, uh, Faith is the way we receive salvation. Grace is the, is the actual reason we get it. We're actually saved by grace. Through faith. We're saved by grace. For, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. So that no one may boast. And you know what? The very same thing that, that makes us a believer is the same way that we continue to live. We live like that every day. Jesus is the founder and perfecter of my faith. He is the author of it, not me. I didn't discover it. All I'm doing is I'm believing in what Jesus has done for my salvation. And, and then I live a life of believing in the Word of God that is made possible through the, through the blood of Jesus, amen, so that I can live this life in a faithful way. And you know what? People of faith become faithful. They become faithful. It means they consistently do what God's Word calls us to do, to, to believe in. And, and you know, some, there may be some of you today that maybe you need to obey faith for salvation. And maybe some of you today need to obey 
the word of God in a certain situation in your life. Maybe you say, well, I am a Christian. I am a believer. But you know what? I'm pretty assured that there's, there's a lot of things that we could all throw out there and say, I'm, I'm not doing what God has asked me to do. And, you know, we're, we're crazy because, you know, people, for, for whatever reason, we do the opposite of what we need to do to get the results that we want. And God's saying, trust me. Trust God. Trust God in your life. And so I want everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes, and I want you to ask you this question. Where, where are you not trusting God in this odyssey? On this journey. You know what? God showed me something. I'm, you know, it's, it's real easy just to say a flippant prayer about something. God's showing me that there's things that I can really, really seek Him more so in my life. But I'm just kind of like, I'm saying a prayer and then walking away from it where, you know what, I need to continually pray until I see God do something or, not, or I get an answer. And, you know, I believe we could all agree with that. But, you know, I believe some of you maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't trust God with your finances. Or maybe you don't trust God with your, with your kids. Maybe you're not disciplining them and training them up as the Word of God says that you ought to do. Maybe you're compromising and we live in a time now where it's difficult. You know what we say a time now? It's been like this since Adam and Eve. We just got better technology to do it with. We're not facing any troubles for the most part that weren't faced by early Christians. Peter says Christians all over the world are facing the same junk that you're going through. But what is it in your life where you say, you know what, I'm not... Maybe God, maybe the Bible has spoke to you and you haven't obeyed that and walked in it. You're not walking with God in the, the, that journey of something that the Bible has said. Or maybe you specifically got a word from God asking you to do something and you have not done it yet. And, it, and it's, not, it's, not, it's not that you're waiting for it to happen. You haven't even begun. You haven't took the first step. You know, Abraham, when he was caught, Abraham, God said, Abraham, I want you to leave your country. What was the very first thing that Abraham did that, that said, this man has faith in God? He left his country. And then you know what he did? Then he went and dwelt in that country. And he waited for years. But while he was waiting, he was doing what God had called him to do. What is it that God is, has given you a word about and asked you to do? And you said, I'm not, I ain't doing it. Because it ain't fast enough. Or I'm not getting immediate results. Or I'm just, I'm not patient. You know what? God is trying to make you patient. Because patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And you know, without patience, you're not going to have any joy because you're going to be disgruntled all the time. And when you don't have joy, you're going to be grouchy and you ain't going to be loving nobody. Amen? I mean, think about how they all inter intertwine together, the fruits of the Spirit. So I want to ask you this. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Where are you not walking in faith with God? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speaking to all of you, but today you say, you know what, I need to establish my faith through salvation. If that's you... I want to encourage you, man, to fill out one of our comm cards and say, I want to become a Christian, 
and we will follow up with you ASAP because we want to make sure that you understand what's going on and we want to help you get your first step off right and just turn it into the black box as you leave but, but all of you today where are you not obeying the faith obeying the word that God has put into your life now while no one's looking be honest and say I've got something and lift your hands and say that's me hands all over the place you know what despise not the small beginnings despise not the small beginnings for the Lord delights in that small beginning but you know what it's not a beginning until it has began so today the call is this yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord I will trust you and I will do what you've asked me to do if that's you while everyone stands and William just leads us in a short song come and surrender begin the journey today that God is asking you to go on